Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for episode 23 of Courageous Conversations and I've got my very good friend Leanne Howard with me. Hi Leanne. Thanks Leanne, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, thanks for being here. So if we can get started just by giving us a snapshot of your career, how you got started, what your early career was like. Early career I worked in politics and, and investment banking in oh, London wow. okay. and came back to Australia and my first role in real estate was with McGrath. Um, I was the first person to start uh, Trek and Eric. Well, Eric had run for a couple of years um, and then they'd had a gap and then they decided to bring it in-house and John was turning that into a business. Fantastic. And what year was that? That was in 2000. Okay, so 19 years ago. Wow. And your role? So I was a GM for for Trek. Yeah, we started off just with Eric. And then we developed uh, a, an RTO and then we developed, we created ARPM, um, we did a principal's event. So by the time, you know, after a couple of years, we had, I think we had 12 to 15 people in right. the team, but originally it was just me on my own. And it's a funny way it came about. I didn't really know anything about real estate because right. I'd worked in politics and then in, in banking. And, and then I, when I came back to Australia after working in London a couple of years, my, I worked with a pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. in marketing. Yeah. And I went to China with a group of psychiatrists <laughs> studying depression and suicide in the elderly. Wow. Which is kind of funny for, you know, someone in their 20s. Yeah. And uh, obviously I was traveling with a group of psychiatrists and one of them knew someone that was a friend of John McGrath's. And apparently right. there was a dinner party and John had said, I'm going to start uh, this Eric and a whole training d- division, division and yep. these one of these doctors said to someone that John knew I met a girl in China who would be is that right? perfect so that's how I got into real estate how <laughs> random is that I've never heard that story before that's awesome random but it just shows like be good to people and work hard because you never know what's going to come down that's so true you don't know where your next opportunity is going to come from yeah yeah that's great and so Eric is quite the event these days. How did you I still go it? every I year. I know, so do I. See you in the front row. <laughs> yes. um, and so how did you build it into what it what it became? Look, we were we were quite lucky in that there wasn't much competition no. back then. Uh, it was really only the franchises that had conferences that in those conferences, days. Yes, and we had, you know, we were working closely with Bob Wolf, Bob Boland, they were right. those US superstars. John was and still is, you know, seen as one of those progressive people in real estate so he had a really big following as well and we just you know we came up we 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 really did the research and what people wanted to know about what every year what was topical what agents wanted to know and we put the program together and we tried to reinvent it every year so it was always exciting Um, and then we just went out and and sold it in every way we could and dealing with all of those real estate agents on stage their egos must be challenging at times we won't mention any names (laughs) Do you know what? I, I I didn't find that. I mean, some of the yeah. younger ones, I, I, I felt a little bit sorry for it at times because that, and all of those young ones have turned out to be incredibly successful agents. But I think it was, it's very hard to have authority on a topic when you're so young yeah. and you're talking to agents that are far more experienced. And sometimes it didn't always work, but they've all gone on to be really successful. And look, in the end, I've found most of them lovely. And it's, it, that those years at ARIC were incredible for me to build my network and, and knowledge. The people we had at ARIC were always hard workers and they always wanted to do a good job on anything they did. So everyone I ever worked with worked really hard 
getting their presentation right and delivering what people wanted. Amazingly, like rewrite it, rewrite it, practice it. And so how did you go having those conversations with people if they, you know, you get a presentation delivered and they're excited about it and you look at it and go, oh, no, this is not going to work. How do you go about having those conversations? Just very polite. And I would just say, look, in my experience, and this happened a lot because in real estate, real estate people like to tell their personal stories, which is always very interesting. Yep. But... At ARIC, we were trying to really deliver content and, and, and skills yep. and ideas that they could take away and use in their business right away. So right. I, you'd have a lot of people that would want to tell their life story, which was always really interesting. But if, if ARIC were just that, we weren't getting enough content out. No, so I'd say, look, in my experience, the speakers that have rated really well have delivered lots of how-tos. Okay. So it was never, I mean, they're difficult conversations to have because they work so hard on it, but they were usually really grateful because they got such great acknowledgement afterwards and all the agents would text or yeah. email and say thank you. But I find, you know, people that are successful generally are the ones that are open. They're not stuck. So it's not about what, being frightened to tell no. people, give them the, the, the constructive feedback. They really wanted to do well. Yeah. And, and they did in everything in life. And, yeah. and you know, if you're getting up in front of two or 3,000 people, it's your brand, your personal brand, and your, the brand that you're working with. Sure. So I had really great experience and made many great friends from you know, all those years ago. Yeah, well, I guess that's how we know each other too. It's yeah. from the ARIC days. Absolutely. And you've done a great job of building and maintaining a network over you know nearly 20 years. Yeah. So how do you do that and why I, do you do that? I genuinely love the industry and really like the people. Like I feel really fortunate. I go to conferences, I go overseas, I, or I catch up at you know networking events, and I really think, wow, these are people I really enjoy being with. Uh, I've also really tried to be good to people uh, and, and give as much as I can. I never expect anything back, but I just try and give as much as myself as I can to the industry, and not for any other reason that I genuinely like the people and believe in the industry. I think, I think real estate is such an important business. Yeah. We're dealing with people's... Shelter, their biggest asset. It's, you know, every real estate transaction is reflected by a change in someone's life. So I feel it's such an important. Yeah, that's a nice way of thinking about it. So I, yeah, so I've I've always tried to be good to people and give back and connect people without expecting anything. Yeah, you're always my go to person for uh, (laughs) conference speakers. So I can definitely attest that you, that's exactly. I've seen a few. Yes, you have. You've seen one or two, one or two. You have probably been at times the lone woman on leadership teams or in boardrooms. I've just come from a meeting today. There were 22 people. There were two women and I was the only industry woman and yeah. it was an industry event. So you would you would have found that often? Yeah, lots of times. So, I, yeah, ever since I got into real estate, I've been on exec teams and I've yep. been on a couple of boards as well. I've never really been that conscious of it until like the end of the meeting. I think, oh, I'm actually the only woman here. I've never really felt inferior. But I saying that... It still can be a bit of a, a men's world, a man's world in some ways, uh, but I think for women, you, you've got to kind of take that control and not believe that you're at any disadvantage, and and keep pushing through if you feel there are some barriers and and speak up at meetings. And I think that's the key. If you've got something to say, yeah, make sure you say it. Yeah, don't be conscious of that, but make it well placed and always friendly and warm. And wear high heels. <laughs> Oh, we talked about that when I came in. Yeah, I was saying that um, when I was young, I was young and short and uh, I'd often be the only female. So I was always always wore heels because I felt a little bit 
That's right. It's older like and yeah, that's right. You felt taller <laughs> amongst well, all the taller. tall men. Yes, yeah, exactly. I still do. I never. I even my uh, sneakers are platform. I was going to say even your workout shoes are they <laughs> platforms? That's funny. Yes. <laughs> um, now you are also a single mother of three kids. How yes. old are your kids? Uh, 14, 13 and nine. You had them during your Arik years? Yes, I was pregnant at two Arics actually. Both of them were April, so just before Arik once, and then I had another one in June, so after Arik. Actually, I remember that I've one been you pregnant. were about to. Yes. I've been pregnant. I was pregnant a lot of Arics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so how do you um, manage that? Did you have um, much time off? What no, I look. I was because I really loved work. I I took three months off, uh, right. and then I went back part time with all of them, okay. like two days or three days a week. Um, I've been lucky to work with companies that were really willing to work with me um, on a on, on how to get back quickly, uh, working from home, working part time. Nice. So uh, that's worked well. I think I was probably one of the first to do that, but yeah, we just sort of. I just said. This, this is, is what, what I, I suggest, and, and we we made it work. Yeah. So look, it's always which is a, great, and and it's a real, it's a lesson, isn't it? Like if you're doing a great job, and you can articulate actually what it is that you need, and what's going to work for you to get you back into work, yeah. at least part time. Look, I think it's good. I'm I'm very respectful of women choosing whatever's right. I'm a big supporter absolutely. of women. But I do think, you know, women I've had in my team, I've always you know, suggested that keep a foot in the door in some capacity. I think it's empowering yep. to be able to make a living. You don't always know what what's, what, around, the what's around the corner. I'm constantly looking at my impact on the world. It sounds a bit philosophical, but it does. I always think about, okay, what's my impact on my team, on my friends? I want to have a really good impact on the world. So I think as a woman... You can have a great impact with your kids and your partner, but but your work and doing something outside of that, it really gives you another impact on the world and something something else besides. I mean, kids don't always appreciate you. Mine no. don't. Certainly. I was going to say yours are at that age that they probably don't. No, no, they don't, <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe one day, but I'm not counting on it. <laughs> I'm getting impact and appreciation in other ways. Yeah, right. <laughs> not not expecting too much. That's funny. You've spent a lot of time. Uh, going backwards and forwards to the US uh, looking for speakers but also recently you were over doing a study tour over there Mm -hmm. what are the lessons that you're learning in 2019 from the US in terms of the differences I mean everybody's onto this the the customer experience yep and I think we've caught up with that okay if you have in Australia to a degree if you have impeccable service a great business will follow I really believe that and in, in both businesses I work in I always say, let's, you know, if we can't make a decision, what is the best decision for the customer? And then everything else follows. So I think Australia's caught up with that. This year, the big difference is that the focus on the agent, the focus on your team okay. is number one, it, before the customer. So all of the offices we went into in, in San Francisco, it's they were like five-star five hotels, even the small ones. They had snacks, they had places to put your dog, dog food. Their focus is how do we make you a better agent? Or property manager, whatever you're doing, and they really serve their team. And I don't know that we do that as far. It, we certainly don't in Australia. I think to the same degree. To the same degree, it's yeah. all about how do we make that agent successful. Yeah, recruiting the right people and then absolutely letting them fly, making just making life so easy for them that they just have to sell. So I mean, we do spend a lot of time getting frustrated with salespeople who don't do follow-up, for example, who don't return calls, who don't return emails 
inquiries from the portals, yeah. all of that sort of thing. So are you suggesting that maybe we should give up trying to make people good at the things that they're not good at and actually provide a different level of service to the agent? That's what they do yeah, right. over there. I think it's one of the things I've learned in life, but also in work. And when I was, when I was at LJ Hooker, I was head of customer experience. Right. So we were looking at, you know, how do we go from, you know, pretty good service to an exceptional on-brand experience every time. When hard I, to achieve in when a brand you as big as LJ down Hooker. into it, though, what, I mean, lots, so many things, and I could spend hours talking about that, but it was very much you can't just rely on the agent to yep. do that. You've got to have everything around that right. and have different tracks because it's the nature of the beast that people aren't everything. Like those that are great salespeople aren't always the nurturers yep, or the sure. admin or the yep. follow-up. So put a system around that and have everybody doing what they're great at and have like a bit of a backup to the agent, which is very much what they were doing in the US. Yeah, right. They've got a marketing team backing them up. They've got training. They've got the photographers. They've got, they make everything easy. The click of a button, everything gets done for them. Yeah, right. Well, technology, I guess, has come a long way in that regard. Technology is enabling that now. Yeah. Much, yeah. yeah. yeah so I think it is, you know, appreciate the nature of the beast. And, and if something's been that like that for 10 years, it's probably going to be like that for the next 10 years. I know. I, like, I, I went to, um, to Compass when I was in New York, and uh, one of their core values was believe reality. Yes. And that is so often we don't. We want to believe the way we know things can be. Yeah. But as you say, if it's been like that for the last 10 years, chances are it's not going to change. The past is a good predictor of the future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the yeah, same with, with people in your team and relationships. Sure. We can always, I mean, you know, there's always positive thinking, and, and but I do think be realistic. Deal with the situation that you've got. And, and, and take away, you know, I've been reading a lot lately about biases and confirmation bias. Oh, and yes. that we like to see things to prove what we, th- what we, what we think we already know. And, and even academics do it. Everybody uh, Everybody does it. Does it. Yeah. So if you can free yourself of what your biases are, and I think in business being really open-minded and agile, letting go of every, you know, your past, letting go of ego as well, then businesses flourish because we often hold on to things because of our ego because sure. we might have create might have created something sure. we thought that was right and someone else might come in with a better idea but we hold on to that because yep. it was ours and it's our ego so you have to constantly i mean i try to constantly look at the decisions i'm making and the way i am doing my roles yep. and thinking okay take out any of me my 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 bias what I want for myself and always think what is best for this business and keep yeah, open-minded. Yeah, that's interesting. It's very because, as you know, I've been at Lang & Simmons for like 24 years. So yes. there's a lot of, um, you know, potentially legacy thinking. Mm. There's a lot of we've always done it this way. It's always Absolutely. worked. What's wrong with the way we're doing it? And it can be hard mm. to actually let that go and consider different things in different ways. So but then you how do you flourish. do it? I think you try and employ people that are open-minded. Right. I think, you know, a, a lot of the you know, going over to see Compass or going to, to conferences and hearing other perspectives yep. and seeing something else work that you're not actually doing really opens your mind. And yep. reading. I mean, I read, I read every day because yeah. I'm constantly – I have a fear of not knowing enough. Yep. I have a fear that there's more information out there that I need to know so I'm constantly reading. I think we should all be on this mission of self-improvement. Yeah, I agree. Of constantly learning. Go to events, network, yep. ask people about their businesses, yep. read. There's so much great information yeah, out there. a lot. 
and and just keep improving in, in, in your knowledge. And then you're, you're the best person you can be if you're constantly learning. And I think also uh, people look for reasons why things aren't going to work. So instead of looking at th- something and say, oh, that's not going to work in my area, look at it and think, how could I make it work yes. in my area or in my business or for me? rather than looking for reasons why it won't. Yeah, and things, you know, strategies, when you attempt them the first time, it might not be right, but some of it might be right. Sure. And then you end up with, okay, we're doing something at least to differentiate ourselves or improve our bottom line or whatever it is your, your mission is. But just by starting, if it's wrong, the right strategy will become apparent really quickly. But, you know, even companies like Netflix and, and Airbnb, I mean, they're, they're, everyone talks about those, but they're great examples. They, what they are now was nothing like they, what they were when they got started. Right. So they started with a great idea. Let's just go for this and we'll keep tweaking it along the way. And a few years' time, it might not look anything like it, but we did something. So I think, you know, it doesn't, because you try something, doesn't mean that, that it's going to be right. And it's going to be the same way in five years, but you're actually trying to do something yeah. different. So don't expect that it's going to be perfect and you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, um, but do the perfectly. due diligence, yeah, do sure. the research and, 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 yeah. and, and be strategic. But sometimes you don't know. I mean, it's always hard to predict. I was talking to a colleague this morning about you know, timelines and onboarding and human behaviour and, and getting people to embrace technology, and you don't yeah. always know no. how quickly people are going to react to things. It's hard to predict human behaviour. Yeah, totally. Sometimes. That's what makes it interesting though, right? <laughs> you mentioned a little bit earlier that you've got two roles. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, so um, two days of work, I work with uh, Real Estate Results Network. We've got... Michael Sheargold. Michael Sheargold and yep. Shane McLucas. We've got 45 independent brands that Fantastic. we work with. Yep. So and they're some of the biggest independents in the country, right? They're great, yeah. yeah. We've got some really great businesses there. We do, yeah. So we do all of their training and we work with them on their business planning and then we, we have partnerships that we bring into the network. And then my three days a week I work with Our Property. Okay. I'm head of communica- marketing and communications. And for people who don't know what Our Property so is? Our Property is a new uh, software solution. It's yep. one solution for your whole property management business so right. you don't need any more plugins. Very, very progressive, lots of automation. Yep. Uh, generally, we can take away about 70% of the admin in a property management that business. That was 70% of 70%. the admin, 70. 70%. That's massive, isn't it? <laughs> that is absolutely massive. So it's quite exciting. We're, we're working with some really big brands now. So tell me, how are people embracing that kind of change? Because that's a really big change to be able to automate 70% of what people have been doing in the business. Well, the timing, the timing is right because sales around the country are not what they were. Sure. So people are looking at getting better efficiency out of yep. their rent roll, uh, better margins. People are growing. It's good good buying uh, out there at the moment in, in, in the rent roll land. Sure. So people are open to it. I mean, you always have your early adopters that jump on something new, ready. So we've got a few of those really progressive brands that yep. are on board and working with us. But look, people are quite people are more receptive now. People, everyone's moving to the cloud. Everyone's hearing about automation. Sure. So we're we we're getting some great traction. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. But it's it always is a bit of a mindset change. Sure. It's a different way of doing business. Sure. Business, but we believe that property managers will enjoy their job more because all of the the mundane repetitive tasks are taken away they can focus on relationships with customers exactly and the tenants and landlords love it everything's automated they've got their own app 24 7 everything's live your business owners like it's better efficiencies yeah so 
and then it's just a matter of a change management sort of project within the, the businesses. That's I right, guess. but we help yeah. we help them with, with that, that as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. And having two very different businesses that you work for must keep it really interesting for you because you're getting across a lot of different businesses so you're getting to meet a lot of people yeah it, it does and we have, you know I have clients that are in that are clients of both businesses as well okay but it works well I mean it's not something I ever set out I've always only had one job but I yeah. I had one and then I saw like this was the most exciting software I'd seen and I you know the job I was in they were very happy you know, to let me work one day a week it's great yeah. and I feel like I, I, I enjoy both roles and I'm learning in both yeah so good they, synergies for they, both they, as they, well great so, synergies in both yeah, yeah that works I would imagine that would work for both um, both it businesses does. really well we were talking about vulnerability and the fact that that's the sort of the go-to word at the moment go on share your take on vulnerability for me <laughs> no I won't I mean it was a bit of a joke but I I probably I have been because I listen to podcasts and read and I, it does sure. seem to be a bit of a a theme but but I'm probably a bit more of a stoic to be yeah. honest in in and I was thinking about this on the way in because as a leader I think it's our role to keep our head in the storm like somebody's right. got to keep be the optimist keep things on track. I mean, I, I've worked with people in my teams that have got much more talent than me in, in many areas, but the one thing I'm pretty good at is keeping my head in the storm. Yeah. And that's where I thought, oh, okay, they won't get rid of me yet because I <laughs> I can still do that. Yeah. Even though everyone else is really talented that I'm working with, I like working with people that yeah, are me super too. talented. <laughs> I don't worry about that. So, no, I'm, I'm believing keeping your head in the storm, being the positive one. And then I was thinking, is that just as a leader? Then I thought, no, even as a team member, and I think even early in my career, I tried to be the positive one, the solutions-driven person. I think there's a place for vulnerability. I'm vulnerable in that I will say I don't know the solution. Like I never pretend I do, but I wouldn't be vulnerable in the sort of poor me. I, 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 I very much believe in trying to be strong. Yep. keeping the vision, keeping on track. I also believe there's always a solution in any crisis. There's a, there, there, there is. is a solution and let's find it. Yep. And, and it's work. It's not life and death. It can feel like it at yes. times. We but, had um, we had Paul McGee, sumo oh, of guy, course, who of yes. course I saw um, at one of your events. Eric, years and Eric. Ago, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he talks about, um, you know, between zero and ten, with ten being death, where does this rank? Yeah. And it's always only ever, you know, even the worst crisis at work is only ever a one or a two. It is. And I, I think, I think you know, for me, I always try to be the cheerful one at work. I think that's great. Even if you're just starting out, like that that will take you, yep. that will take, if you're, if you're competent and you work hard and you're cheerful, those things will put you in really good stead. Well, people mean, want to be around you. People want to be around happy you. happy and optimistic, right? Yeah. I think you, you've got to be realistic, but there's sure. a way of approaching that. Um yeah, I don't believe in self-pity, despair, no. malevolence, gossip. I'm no. very much about yeah, getting stuff done, being positive, and, and being the cheerleader for the team. I yeah, think right. in the end, you know, if there's weak links, they come out. I don't think it's anyone's job to, you know, to gossip or, or point yep. them out. I think you know they, they'll show the themselves. Eventually. That, that, that's the thing about you know nature has a way of truth and reality always win. No one gets away yep. with anything for too long. Yeah. So. I kind of let that. I mean, different if I'm a leader and I need to work, but I generally have always, I haven't really had many people like that. I've always had lovely people, lucky. Yeah. I want to go back. Well, it's not necessarily luck though. Um, yeah. I want to go back to you said that you've had people around you that are more talented than you. I've, I've yeah. always believed in not being afraid to hire people that are smarter than you, that yeah. have better skills than you. So obviously, 
you're the same. Tell that, us, ex- that excites yeah. me. Yeah. And I've got, we've got in both roles, there's lots of great. Um, yeah, but I, I just, for a business to do well, you need to have the best people you can afford on the team and people that are passionate about what they do. And I think everybody's got a role. Like you, you have your air of the business and I often defer, I always defer to people that know more than me on a certain area. If it's not my area of expertise, I don't try and yep. steer it. I'll just, yeah. So I think, I, yeah, you just want talented people. I learn from them. Yeah, I love absolutely. That. Yeah. I'm not intimidated by it either. It's <laughs> great to have that sort of, those sort of people around you. If you were going to go back and give advice to your younger self or to somebody coming up in the real estate industry, what would it be? Work hard. There's no shortcuts. Even, yeah. even at this stage of my career, you know, the CEOs are still the first ones to arrive. There's no shortcuts. So yep. hard work, always try and be the best you can, no matter what it is, whether you're starting off at reception, be the best receptionist you can possibly be. Yeah. And even every day, ask yourself, okay, how good was I today? Did I do my best? We all have off days. Of course. But what was my impact on the world today? Yeah. And was I the best version of myself and what did I learn? So yeah, work hard, be focused, be bold. But in a in a Carol in a, Balderstone would be very he- yeah. pleased to hear you say be that. Be bold, but never be rude. Never yeah. be condescending. Be a, be a nice person to work with. Like that that you know, likability goes a long way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. It really does. And and network. Be good to people. Go out and meet people. You've got there's something to learn from everybody you meet with. Yeah. That they you know, yeah. I mean that would be and just be. You know, find something that you're passionate about and keep learning. Stay on that mission of self-improvement. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. You mentioned you're a really big reader. Is there anything in particular that you've loved recently, any books you've loved recently? I Look, I, I really I like all the Tim Ferriss oh, yeah, uh, okay. podcasts. Sure. They're, they're two hours long. Great yep. if you're going on a long drive somewhere. Sure. He interviews some of the most intelligent, incredible Tribe of Titans. That, Those yeah. books are great. Yeah. I always read Harvard Business Review. Right. Uh, great case studies, really relevant to what everybody's talking about. Yep. And I just find it's really beneficial to read about other industries. So we go to, every, we go to all right. the real estate events, but I like looking outside of that. Sure. Some great ideas. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of business books. I love the Tim Ferriss podcasts. Nice. They're, they're long. They are. But he interviews incredibly smart people. From all Inter- different from areas, all different right? different areas. Yep. There's not one that I've listened to where I haven't thought, wow, I mean, I, I, I write things down. I think that that's, that's changed my view on something. Book. He's constantly seeking out clever people that are really yep. doing something different and you get to hear two hours of their life's work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. their life's work in two hours, I should yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here oh, and in you. person. It's lovely to see you. I will look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thanks. And don't forget, everybody, if you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you are getting your podcast, be it on iTunes, wherever else it is, and I will be back with you next week.